With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday. Hope you had an awesome 4th of July weekend, the actual holiday, less than 24 hours away. As we welcome you into the Lombardi line, presented as always by BetMGM. I'm Stormy Bonantoni, our guy Michael Lombardi, out on the East Coast at his office in Jersey. And to set the table for us today in about a half an hour as well, we will be joined, as always, by Thomas Gable, director of the Race and Sportsbook at the Borgata. Then in hour two, 1.30 Eastern, Mike Pritchard, VEASAN lead NFL analyst, former NFL wideout, will stop by as well as we have lots to discuss in the NFL, NBA, free agency. But Michael, I want to start. I'm so excited. We talked about it yesterday. Could Ricky Fowler actually finish the job in the final round? And he does yesterday to win the, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. You know, I mean, give him credit, right? And I've been a harsh critic of Ricky, although these are the kind of tournaments he's won in the past, although it's been four years since he won again. But, you know, when he hit that shot off 18 and went way right, I thought, oh, no, here we go yep. again. <laughs> and then he rallies and he and he makes an incredible, incredible shot uh, to get it to, what, five feet and then makes the birdie to win it. So, you know, give him credit. He fought back. It, it, it was something that, you know, he kind of was in the lead. He got tied, sent to overtime, if you will, extra mm-hmm. innings in golf. Who doesn't <laughs> like that? Who was complaining? Nobody, because there's nothing else to watch. So good for Ricky Fowler. I, I don't know how it's, as Thomas Gable said, I don't know how it's going to carry over into the British Open in Liverpool uh, when you play the link style with the wind and the weather and all those factors, but good for Ricky. I, I mean, it showed resilience, and you got to tip your cap to that. Yeah, we we joke in a lot of sports like the the golf gods giveth and they taketh away, and it's like they were finally feeling giving for Ricky Fowler in this instance because he did have that ten hole spot where he couldn't get a birdie. Things just didn't seem to be clicking for him, but he pulls it off in the playoff over Colin Morikawa and Adam Hadwin. And Morikawa was surging all day, like he was breathing fire uh, and just couldn't pull it off late there on 18. So stoked for Ricky Fowler, who cashes as a 12-to-1 favorite in the event. 22% of tickets at DraftKings were on Fowler to get it done. You think about this, though. More than 1,600 days since his last win. 96 starts since his last win. In yeah. those last couple of events, the Travelers and the U.S. Open to get gutted the way that he did in the final round to finally get the monkey off his back and pull it off. Um, we'll talk to TG a little bit later to see if there was any numbers movement for him after winning the event for the British. But he said yesterday he didn't think that there would be much. But credit to him, he was 60-1 to 1 for the Open Championship a few weeks ago. And now yeah. you look at him uh, in that 20-22-1 to 22, uh, to 1 range shot. But... How much do you His value? His game's back, though, right? I mean, Stormy, he's got to feel good about himself. I mean, I know he didn't win the Open, but he was right there, the U.S. Open, the Travelers, and then, of course, he wins the Rocket Mortgage. And you could say whatever you want about the course being easy and the low scores. I mean, but his golf game, now that he's back with Butch Harmon, his golf game is back to the Ricky Fowler that he was before all this, that he was close on majors but couldn't crash in and never had the ability to handle the pressure of the majors, but could win other tournaments. So good for him. I, I, you know, it's a little bit, I, I would not say it's a reclamation project yet, 
because he hasn't won the big one. But right. but it, we're moving in the right direction. Give him credit. Yeah, it's, it's validating, right? A return to form. You can feel it every event that he's out there. This season, 20 starts. He's made 18 cuts, logged eight top tens, a second place finish, and now a win. Um, we'll just see if he can carry that over. Still looking for that. First PGA major win. Um, not so sure, as you mentioned, that it'll be the British coming up at the end of July, but still really good. Like, that's why I wonder, how much do you value current form in an event like that, regardless of how the course would typically play for a player like him? Well, I mean, look, you're not going to win the Open in, uh, in, in Liverpool with if you're not playing well. If your iron play isn't great, if you're not putting well. And all those have to carry over from your past experiences, right? Mm -hmm. It's just you don't. You might play a, a lucky round and get a great break on a Thursday or a Friday, but to win that tournament, four days requires you to be playing at the highest level. And and it just doesn't start the day you fly over and land ac across the pond. you got to have to build up to that. And so Ricky's game is really playing well right now. I mean, he's he, – you know, it was funny yesterday, Stormy. I was a little surprised. I mean, Thomas Gable said he was the favorite going yeah. into the Rocket Mortgage. I mean, that that kind of caught me off guard a little bit there. But that goes to show that bookmakers were respecting his game and the way that it's yes. come to form here recently. For the Open Championship, Rory McIlroy is going to be your plus 750 favorite, followed by Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm, both at 9-1. to one. But that, again, beginning July 20th, so we still have a little while. For that, um, today's also, Michael, the start of Wimbledon. How, mu how much do you pay attention to tennis, by the way? Like, do you get into this event when it gets to the final or anything, or you just kind of stay no, away? I, I'm not a big tennis person. I haven't ever really, you know, when I was when I was growing up, baseball was, you know, we didn't have a lot of baseball on TV, so 4th of July was always baseball. So I never really got much into tennis. Are you into pickleball, by the way? <laughs> um, not watching it on TV or investing in it like Tom Brady, but I do like to play pickleball. Do you? <laughs> no, I never played. Oh, it's even. fun. You I should. Know we, I know we have, I know that here in Ocean City, they have pickleball courts. I think they're named the Berman courts actually, because Bill Berman's a big pickleball player. Yeah. Well, when I come out to visit, not only will I head to your backyard to get the grilling going, <laughs> but I'll also hit the pickleball courts with Bill Berman, tell him to get ready, yeah, make sure the knees are loose. You have to do that, Stormy. I mean, it's a must. I mean, that and get ice cream yes. and have steak. Yeah, oh, this is It'll be a list of things you must do. Don't threaten me with a good time. As for Wimbledon, just real quickly, though, um, well, I don't really pay much. Are you into it? Do you like it? Not you, part you like tea time at Wimbledon? I mean, I can't <laughs> see you sitting around at 3 in the morning having tea and watching Wimbledon. I just can't see that. Pinky's up with the tea glass in my in my hand. No, I'm not I'm not particularly big on it. I like watching the match final um, when it gets down to the nitty-gritty. Obviously, this is a major tournament event so they're a little bit more fun than the normal one I'm, you're not going to catch me like Gil Alexander and some of the other guys on our network who are diving all in and know all the crazy pronunciations I'll save that for my hockey knowledge but I was a little bit sad to see Nick Kyrgios have to pull out because he would have been the best challenger you would imagine for Novak Djokovic in this competition so he had to pull out he posted on social media he experienced some pain in his wrist after testing found out he had a torn ligament and just not enough time to manage it before getting started today, Djokovic looking for his fifth consecutive Wimbledon win, hoping to match Roger Federer's eight total wins at the event. He's a minus 175 favorite, won each of the previous two major tournaments this year, the Australian Open in January, the French Open last month. On the women's side, you also have top-ranked Iga Sviatek, plus 250 favorite. She owns four major titles, but hasn't been past the fourth round at the All England Club. She won her match earlier today to start things off in the first round, um, despite a rain delay. Let's go to the NFL, though, Michael. Calvin Ridley. Why not? You know, I mean, it's 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 a block on in July. Let's talk NFL. Who cares? Uh, Calvin Ridley. I know he hasn't had a lot of opportunity to practice with his new team moving over to the Jacksonville Jaguars, but even in limited opportunities to be in front of people, guys are raving about him, including one of his new teammates in that wide receiver room, Jamal Agnew. He told Talk Sport this week, the league's got to watch out for the wideout in his return, said just the way he moves. You can see his route running. He can run. He can catch anything you throw him. He's just different. He's a mismatch nightmare. And in my opinion, I don't think anyone can guard him in this league. So, Michael, for you, you know, obviously he came off a lot of mental battles that he dealt with a couple years ago that kept him out of the lineup, followed that up with a gambling suspension do you anticipate when he gets started this year that there's going to be a good amount of rust? Or are you trusting what Agnew says that he's going to basically just get started fast and furious week one? 
I mean, he's only going to be 28 years old as he enters the season. And I felt like his 2020 season, he started 15 games that year. He was really, really a good receiver. He was in the upper echelon. Would I say he was a top five? Maybe not top five, but he was in the top 10. You know, he averaged 15 yards a catch that season. He had nine touchdowns. His catch percentage for an outside receiver was right around 63%, which is outstanding. And, you know, he was able to make plays. And I think to me, you know, that was that was a huge year for him. And then next year he only played in five games because of the depression problems that he had. And then he got suspended. So when this trade was made, Stormy, last right at the trading deadline, I thought it was a great trade for Jacksonville. I said it at the time. To give up a fourth-round pick to get a 28-year-old receiver whose contract was told, right? Mm-hmm. So his contract was, you know, the, because he missed the season and he was suspended, that contract stays intact, which is going to, based on the numbers of these receivers, what they're all getting is ridiculous. So... It's a great contract, and it's the perfect team for him to go to because he's got Christian Kirk, he's got Jay Jones, and now he, along with Evan Ingram, I mean, that's four really good receivers and a back that makes the receivers even better. So I I love the move, and and I love Ridley. I'm not surprised that Agnew's having these comments come out of Jacksonville because I think he's going to be really a different – I thought they needed a receiver – to make this offense take another step, and they got him with they got him with Ridley. Yeah, lots of pass catching weapons for the young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Uh, he obviously took a big step last year with Doug Peterson. See if he can continue to take those steps. And when it comes to Calvin Ridley specifically, I, I wonder if you look at his receiving yards prop. It's set at nine hundred and a half. His r- touchdown receiving numbers set at six and a half. He had 1,374 yards that last season where he actually got to play the full year at his peak. Do you think 900 is a number he can get over? Or with so many weapons to go around, maybe that'll be hard to reach? Well, I I think he's going to be the -the down-the-field player, right? Zay Jones, you know, is, you know, they got Kirk, Zay Jones. Ridley, to me, can make the plays. I mean, his rookie year with Julio Jones on the team, he got 820 yards. He only started five games. But he had 10 touchdowns that year. The next year he comes back with 866, and then he explodes to 1371, 74. So, you know, plus he gets – I mean, he's been in the end zone 20, you know, 26 times in three years before that year he had the depression. So I I lean towards the over here, Stormy. Lots of reason for excitement. We talk about how teams upgrade during free agency or during the draft. A little bit of a sneaky upgrade that went under the radar because of when they grabbed Calvin Ridley. So good for the Jets, for the Jags. Coming up, it's the return of no way or no doubt. Can Miami offer enough for Damian Lillard? Will Sean Payton get the Broncos back in title contention? We'll break it all down next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odd specials, and more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Do you disagree with these takes? No way. Uh-uh, no way. Or do you approve? Oh, no doubts. No doubts. No doubt my mind. No diggity, no doubt. It's time to ask Michael Lombardi. No way or no doubt? Uh-uh, no way. Yes. It is the return of No Way or No Doubt. There are a number of marquee headlines, conversation topics that we're going to get into. And we're going to find out if our former NFL executive is on board. He thinks it's going to happen or no way. There is not a shot. Michael, we're going to start in the NBA. There has been a ton of steam on the Miami Heat since Damian Lillard officially requested a trade over the weekend. That said, will Portland Brass really knowingly take a lesser deal just to send their former franchise player where he wants if you're going out of your way to help a player who's leaving you, you're not helping out your team as much. So no way or no doubt, betters have gotten too ahead of themselves going in on Miami for these NBA title odds already. Other teams are going to offer better trade packages. Uh, I agree. There's no way they're just going to trade them to Miami. Now, Miami can do a couple things to make this work, Stormy, and Probably it starts with trying to trade some players they have on the roster for draft picks, right? They need to accumulate first-round picks. And once they do that, then they can put together a package without, the, without Bam and without Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson. Say they trade Tyler Hero for two number ones. I don't know if you can get that for them. But then they could take those ones and put that in the package along with a bunch of other things to then allow them to get Damon Lillard. And maybe that would entice them. But on paper right now, where it sits right now with the assets Miami has, I can't imagine that Portland's going to say, okay, we'll take that deal. It's going to require, I believe, a three-team trade. So that's the thought process I have too. My only follow-up question is, with the NBA being a little bit different than the NFL and personalities leading the league in a lot of ways and the rosters being smaller so players care more about how they're treated to get to the spots that they want to go. Do you think that the connection that Damian Lillard has had with Portland being their franchise marquee guy for the last 11 years has built him up enough cred in the organization that they want to do right by him in a sense and maybe help do whatever it takes to get him where he wants to go as long as it can still work out to enough of an extent for them? Well, I mean, I you know, look, that's great on paper, but I think if you read the press release, Portland was pretty clear they're going to do what's right for their franchise. And they've made so many bad trades recently, the C.J. McCollum trade. I mean, all these trades they've made haven't really worked out for them. And they have a new general manager, and it's time for them to make the right deal. And if this is your asset, if this is the guy that you believe has the most value, averaged 32 points in the league, shot more three-pointers than he ever has in his career, could really turn a team like Miami into 
getting closer to Denver mm-hmm. or taking another team to a higher level, you got to get as much back as you possibly can. Now, I'm not saying you got to get all-star players right now, but players that have a great future, whether it's a draft choice or someone who has an elite ceiling. I mean, remember, we talked about this yesterday. You know, Cleve, everybody wanted the Warriors to give up Clay Thompson for Kevin Love. They thought that was a slam dunk deal. And, and Jerry West said, no, we're not doing that because Clay Thompson is too good of a player. Mm-hmm. I think that some teams are going to say, look, do I give up this really good Tyrese Maxey, for example, really a good young player entering into a contract? You know, would he make Philly better if, if they got Maxey, if they trade, put him in a package for – yeah, he would make. But what would the future be like? You have two guys – Embiid's turning 30, and Lillard's going to be turning 35. By the time their contracts are up, they're going to be an old team. The 76 are sitting at 16-1 to in the NBA title odds for next year. Miami was as high as 16-1. to We see them 9-1 to now on this current odds board at BetMGM. Now, Michael, as a former executive, you know that people can be critical. Rob Palenka has dealt with a fair share of criticism for everything that went down with the Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. signing as part of that dismantling, basically, of the 2020 championship team for the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, this week, no way or no doubt, with Westbrook gone and the Lakers being among the earliest winners here in free agency so far, Rob Palenka deserves some praise for putting the franchise back in position to contend for a title. No doubt, he does. I mean, look, he, he's seen his team. He, he's basically said, okay, here's my team. Here's what I need to improve on. And here's how I think I can close the gap on Denver. Because in honesty, we were the closer team to beating Denver than any team was. If you go through all their games against Denver, there were moments where the Lakers had a chance. I mean, even the first game where the Lakers, you know, got fell behind and all of a sudden they came rallying back and they couldn't close it. The big if for Palenka is going to be can Anthony Davis stay healthy. LeBron's going to have his moments of where he's not going to, They need Anthony Davis. I think he's done a great job. There's no doubt he deserves to get praised. The Broncos traded a 2023 first-round pick and 24 second and third-round selections to the New Orleans Saints for their new head coach in Sean Payton. Payton's the fifth head coach to be included in a trade for a first-round pick since 1970, according to NFL Research. Three of the previous four led their teams to a Super Bowl triumph within three years. Don Shula, Bill Belichick, and John Gruden. The other was Bill Parcells, and even though they didn't win the Super Bowl, they did still have a winning record. So no way or no doubt, the Broncos will have a winning season in 2023 and be contending for a Super Bowl within the next three years. I would say there's no doubt they'll they'll be that that they'll fit that category. I, I believe Sean will make them a better team. I think he'll get the play out of the quarterback, and I think Sean still has the sense of urgency to prove that he's still one of the top coaches in the National Football League. I think if you look at every one of those situations, Shula, you know, he takes over an expansion team in Miami. Mm -hmm. That was really a remarkable job. It's a little bit like the Las Vegas Knights, how quickly the Dolphins got that turned around. And then you look at Belichick when he first went to New England. I mean, Pete Carroll, they were 9-7 and and he went to the playoffs. Belichick comes in. You know, they go 5-11. and Next year they win the Super Bowl, hit with one player, Brady. But the team around them was good. You know, so I, I think the situation lends itself along those lines. I think you could. Parcells, the same thing up in New England, where he was able to take a team that kind of wasn't organized, that wasn't really, you know, Victor Kayam owned the franchise and Dick McPherson, and they went through a bunch. And then he kind of got things going. So, yeah, coaching matters, and I do believe Sean will make a difference. Well, the Broncos' win total this season is set at 8.5. We'll see if they can get over that mark and have a – an over 500 season this year. And the centerpiece of that is of course going to be their quarterback and Russell Wilson as well, which it feels inevitable that he's going to at least be better than he was last year. They were four and 11. He had 16.9 points per game with him as the starting quarterback, 60.5 completion percentage, 16 touchdowns, 11 picks. Um, Improvement just feels like it's inevitable from your quarterback, which is obviously going to help everything along the way. And Sean Payton, a huge piece of making that happen. Got another NFL one here. Grant Gordon at NFL.com has a column up right now detailing how Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers have a lot of early NFL career parallels. They were both unexpected late first-round picks for Green Bay, um, tasked with following in the cleats of a future Hall of Famer as well, and now being handed the keys to the castle heading into season four in the league. However, 
Love has played in more games, including one start, something Aaron Rodgers didn't have the opportunity to do behind Brett Favre, and has thrown more touchdowns in his three years learning the ropes behind Rodgers. So no way or no doubt. Love's numbers might be a small sample size, and he has a lot to prove, but he's put in a great position, if not better even, than what Aaron Rodgers had going into his first season as a full starter. Uh, No doubt. Although I would disagree with the theory that Rodgers slipped in the draft. I mean, Rodgers got picked before anybody. He was really, it was a debate in San Francisco, Rodgers, Alex Smith. I mean, Rodgers was well thought of in that draft. The problem was with Rodgers coming out was the offense at Cal with Tedford and could it really fit? Could he adapt? But I mean, all those things, he was a clear cut first round pick. There was no question about that. I think Jordan Love, I'm not sure he was. But I do think the seasoning that Love has gotten and the ability to practice and gain those reps and stay within the same offense, which I think is really critical, right? Mm -hmm. So Love gets to, you know, it's the same offense that he gets to work on. It's not like he's got to learn something new. So I do think there's no doubt he's ahead of the curve, even to where Rodgers was. Yeah, Michael, when I said unexpected, I do agree. Like, I meant it in different ways, right? Like, it was unexpected that he went to Green Bay because he was so highly thought of early right. in the draft. I remember as a 49ers fan. Yeah, I got that. Okay. I, yeah, I remember yeah. as a 49ers fan in 2005 sitting there watching on the broadcast them throw up all of these things. Aaron Rodgers' picture that he drew of him in a 49ers uniform. Like, that was his dream, being a, a California guy. Um, and then having to watch him sit for so long. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think Jordan Love is in a better position than people are giving him credit for, and uh, the Packers should have a respectable season, I think, this year if he performs. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get the latest from Behind the Book with Thomas Gable, and we continue making our way through bookmaker breakdowns of each NFL division. NFC South talk next. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Guys, if you haven't signed up at vsin.com for this NFL betting guide yet, you are missing out. vsin.com slash subscribe. This guide has in-depth profiles of every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends for the NFL, plus best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. All you have to do, $19, vcin.com slash subscribe. That's how you get our newly released betting guide and everything we do. Or you can take on the summer kickoff special for $175. That's got you covered with all of vcin's content from now through the Super Bowl coming up in February. Get all of the best NFL information today. We are back here on the Lombardi line alongside the one and only Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Tony. We welcome into the show like we do every week around this time. Thomas Gable, director of the race and sportsbook at the Borgata out there in Atlantic City. And Fowler came through yesterday winning the Rocket Mortgage Classic, TG. So, uh, so the books did pretty decent, at least I understand, with him being a favorite and not a lot of people betting the lowest shot on the board. Yeah, I mean, we we were certainly fine with uh, with Fowler winning there, and uh, good for Ricky. It's it's nice to see him uh, break through again after a few years there, and uh, the times that uh, tough times he's gone through uh, with his game. So uh, we know we knew that his game was on an upswing. Uh, we saw what he did uh, in the U.S. Open, and um, you know, it's I'm happy to see it for him. Uh, I'm I'm happy to see because uh, overall, he just seems to be a, a good a good guy overall. And you, you like to see when good guys win once in a while. TG, I know we're less than two weeks away from the open at Royal Liverpool, right there on the coast uh, outside of uh, the Beatles hometown. So uh, what do you think about this course? And obviously the guys, you know, Rory and Rom and those good Dustin Johnson are going to be the favorites in this Brooke Kepka. But I mean, what will it take to win this understanding that you can't predict the weather? But what will this course be like compared to the other link courses? Well, I mean, you, Michael, you hit the nail on the head there with you can't predict the weather. And that is always the the, the biggest thing for the British Open is, is always the elements there. Whether it's wind, whether it's rain, uh, whether you may uh, actually get a break and get some decent weather there. And I think when there is decent weather, I think that does tend to help out the Americans. Uh, and their game. The, the Lynx courses tend not to play as long, obviously, just because uh, most of them can't really make the adjustments that uh, 
American courses do where they lengthen holes. Now, some of them obviously have over the years, but um, a lot of this is going to come down to weather and, and wind is the most important thing. Looking at guys who, uh, who play well in the wind, maybe guys who have always played in the wind. You, you look at uh, guys who came up through Texas um, or especially the European uh, tour guys. So that's the way that I would always uh, would handicap the British Open. Recent form, obviously, you have uh, people who, like Ricky Fowler, like Scotty Shuffler, who are in great form uh, right now, who you can't ignore. And uh, as long as, you know, it's not a monsoon out there for four days, those guys should be able to score. Um, so uh, it's – but. You can't make too many predictions this far out. Uh, you have to get much closer to the event uh, because the weather is going to dictate a lot when it comes to that event, more so than, than any other major, really. Uh, the weather is what factors into that handicap. T- and, and, TG, the wind, too. When you go back and look at Tiger in 06 when he won there, uh, you know, when you read about that, the wind didn't blow, which was kind of surprising. Like they call it the, the you know, the the mighty winds of Liverpool. I mean, they didn't blow. So, I, again, it's so hard to predict because if the wind's not going to be on the course, all of a sudden it's going to be easier to play. That's the, yeah, I mean, and that's the defense for all, all of those typical British Open uh, rotation courses is the elements and the wind. That's what... You know, guys can score if it's nice weather out there, um, but when it's wind and if it's raining and, and it's tough just to get around, uh, that's really what makes those courses play difficult. So, um, you know, Tiger that year, it, it, it does happen. You do get uh, British Open that you have decent weather for, It's uh, but it's not obviously the most common thing in the world. Uh, certainly the players would uh, hope for four days of great weather, but uh, usually that's not in the cards. Certainly a star-studded field. Going to be a fun event coming up later this month, beginning on July 20th. Here with Thomas Gable, director of the Race and Sportsbook at the Borgata, joining the Lombardi line on a Monday. And we've been kind of going through, TG, every few shows, some bookmaker breakdowns with you as it pertains to NFL divisions going into the 2023 season. The NFC South, I think, is one of the the more intriguing divisions this year because you have a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that most believe is going to go from worst to first without their quarterback and a lot of aging veterans on that squad and then a lot of parody I think with the upper echelon three teams with the Saints Falcons and Panthers um, anybody really seems could win that division so what's your view on the division and how are people betting it to this point well I think when you when you look at these uh, teams and you start handicapping divisions and maybe the potential winner you have to start the quarterback position and work your way out and when you look at this division um, you know, the Saints have the the most proven quarterback in that division in Derek Carr. Um, now, you know, they, they are the favorites. Uh, they, they have a great defense. Uh, they, they had a great defense last year. Um, I, I would like to see them uh, potentially create more turnovers there on defense. They didn't do uh, a lot of that last year. They only created 14 last season, which is uh, underachieving, I think, for – the, um, the the talent that they do have on that um, side of the ball. But there are question marks around uh, the Saints for sure, starting with, with Alvin Kamara and, you know, how much time is he going to miss um, and and really how is Carr going to transition into that offense. Uh, but when you look at the, the other quarterbacks in that division, obviously you have Bryce Young there um, at Carolina, um, Desmond Ritter in Atlanta, and then you have Baker Mayfield with Tampa. Now, so I think when you're looking at the prices here, Carolina right now, get them anywhere plus 350 to 380, somewhere in that range. Uh, you know, I know you and Michael like Carolina in this division. I think at that number, that's a pretty good play uh, because, you know, I have a lot of questions around the Falcons and, and Ritter and what he's going to, to show us. Um, uh, the Saints, I, I do think, are the rightful favorite in that division. But if there is one team, I think, who could step up, it is probably the Panthers. They have Miles Sanders at running back coming over from the Eagles. Uh, I, I think as long as Young can stay healthy and he can uh, gel with 
the wide receivers there and DJ Clark and Thielen, um, they will be able to challenge for this division. And, um, you know, their, their season win total set there at seven and a half. Uh, again, I, I think uh, um, as long as those things can happen, uh, they, they should be able to hit eight wins. TG, do you think, I mean, Stormy and I both feel like Tampa, I mean, I know that everybody's given the confidence in Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. Mike Evans has said that recently, but, you know, I, I can't see it with Tampa. I think, to me, their salary cap restraints have really made it difficult for them. Are we just kind of acquiescent to the Saints because they have Carr? I mean, I'm not sure that will the Saints be that good team that there were. I mean, remember they lost to Carolina in Week 18, 10 to seven. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I said I think when you look at um, when you look at the odds here, it makes the most sense. I think, in my mind, to bet the Panthers just based on the, on the numbers. Um, now, because I think that they do have a legitimate shot there at the division. But again, you have a rookie quarterback. Uh, we know what the learning curve is there for, for most rookie quarterbacks coming into the league. Um, and, and as long as Derek Carr is is serviceable there in New Orleans, I, I think New Orleans does deserve to be the favorite. Um, really, for, for Tampa, Michael, I think – are you writing them off as most betters are here? I'll just say that Tampa is certainly uh, not a very popular play at all, um, even despite the price. Replacing the, you know coordinators that's obviously difficult. It, losing Brady, yes, but um, yeah, they, they're returning Godwin and Evans, but still one of the the best league, best in the league, I think, in terms of duos of wide receivers. But uh, are you completely writing them off here before the season? I am because I think to me that there is the effect of Brady leaving. Brady kind of, you know, was the motivating, the driver, the forcefulness, you know, and and they have no, their depth will be a factor. And I know they don't have a cap, but to me, without that quarterback, how do they really are going to throw the football? That offensive line couldn't pass protect last year. TG. Um, what's your, we've only got about 30 seconds. We're up against a break, but since we are going into the 4th of July, I just need your own personal over under on how many hot dogs you could eat in 10 minutes. Well, Stormy, <laughs> just for you, just for you, I have this up here. The, the total set is 73 and a half, and I actually have an alternate total for 76 and a half for Joey Chess. But what about you personally? I'm going to take the under 73 and a half. I meant for okay. yourself. We'll find out in the oh, commercial my, break. Okay. <laughs> I'll say uh, two. Two, two, you and Michael both with the twos. Come on, we'll have more hot dog content in a moment here on the Lombardi Line. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place the same game parlay wager with at least four legs on any MLB game. If all the legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to 25 bucks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, 21 and up only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification, eligibility requirements, rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. U.S. promotional offers not available in Kansas, Mississippi, D.C., Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in select states. Lots of Major League Baseball going on tomorrow as it is the 4th of July, Michael. And and so, well, yes. How did we get here? Like, how did we get to a hot dog eating contest as part of the 4th of July tradition? Like, what, did Ben Franklin like hot dogs? Did that independence room where they signed the declaration, was it, was, were they eating hot uh, How did we get here? I, I don't have the answer to that question, Michael. I do know that on Coney Island, they've been doing this thing for like a century, having eating contests on like go, dates back a hundred years or something like that there at Coney Island, which is crazy to me. Um, from a betting, have you been to Coney Island? Have I have you been never out there? been. I have always wanted to, though. I love me a fairground. <laughs> it's a boardwalk. It's a. Well, that's when. So yes, our our producer Dan, lovely to tell nice us that job, hot dogs Dan. were in, invented in the 1800s in Germany. But as far as the contest itself and why that began on the 4th of July, we need more information. We're going to get Googling here when we have a minute, maybe next commercial break. <laughs> but, it, but it is funny because, like, you know, this is a day that's supposed to be celebrating America's independence and nothing more American than us just loving barbecues, beer, and the Super Bowl of eating, which we're going to have on our screens tomorrow. And I appreciate, by the way, our guy Thomas Gable being a good sport. I'm shocked that you and him both said your total in 10 minutes personally would be two minutes. I mean, would be two hot dogs. That's all. I think I, I could, I, I know I could eat at least three of yes. those. I okay. could eat three. Good. Don't I, tell I yourself think short. maybe stretch it to four, but you know, then I'm going to have indigestion and it's not <laughs> going to be a good day. You know, I mean, the idea of a hot dog at a ball game is to enjoy it, is to kind of take it in and, you know, I but agree. I mean, Joey Chestnut, I was reading up on it before we got into this. I mean, like these guys prepare for it. You know, they, they, they stretch their stomachs, they prepare. I mean, this is a whole event. I mean, and as you mentioned yesterday, I mean, you know, he lives in Indiana, and this is his only profession. Yeah, he makes like half a million dollars a year just being a professional eater. The Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest winner alone is a $10,000 prize, and he's a virtual lock to win it again. Minus 4,000, minus 5,000 favorite, depending on where you look. He's won... 15 of the last 16 years, had a record 76 a couple years ago. You have to keep in mind the total, as Thomas Gable told us, 72.5. Some other places, 73.5 for him. Um, but you have to keep in mind this is an outdoor event. It's going to be hot out there. Yeah, remember the, remember <laughs> the elements. Involved here, Stormy? <laughs> hey, I'm just. <laughs> Do you think the rain could slow down the eating of the hot dogs? I mean, well, wind. You know, this is Royal Liverpool. The wind's going to come up here and kick it around. What? <laughs> you never know, Michael. I'm just saying. Good reminder, though, for some folks who you look at last year and you just see he had 63 hot dogs eaten. You're like, what the heck are you talking about? His total is always over 70 at least. 
But you have to remember that he had like a foot injury last year. He was on crutches when he got there. He had that protester that came up during the middle of the hot dog eating contest. He had to put him in a chokehold. So that affected how many hot dogs that he could get I down. I remember that. And yes. it was super hot. So last year was like an anomaly for Joey Chestnut. But he still won. And he still won by a ton. I mean, he's like Kramer still driving the bus while he's beating the guy up on the bus. Michael, he had a dude in a chokehold on the stage (laughs) and was still down in the dogs. He's going to win. It's just a matter of by how many. Yeah, I mean, obviously at minus 4,000. I mean, it's tough to get a place to bet here. It takes all the drama out of it. I just got to ask you a question. Is $10,000 worth eating this many hot dogs? I just don't see it. I, I I don't see it. Well, he's probably to the point, Michael, where he doesn't enjoy a hot dog. Like, he's not going to eat a hot dog at a ball game or in a normal at-home setting at a barbecue. If he sees hot dogs, he's staying away from them until it's competition training time. You know what I'm saying? So he he looks at a hot dog with a purpose, like a job. He doesn't look at it for enjoyment like we do. Which, quick question, um, before we go to the women's side real quickly. You mentioned yesterday Al Davis, you know, he loved his hot dogs. He had them brought to him even at the combine. The uh, And he, like, just mustard, right? Right. So mm-hmm. how, what's the proper way to dress a hot dog in your opinion? Uh, he wanted a straight line down the dog. I mean, he wanted it had to be a straight line. I mean, there's nothing you gave him. If I gave him a piece of paper that it was scribble on it, it would be sent back. I mean, it had to be meticulously neat. It certainly could have been typed. Uh, but if you were going to write something out, it had to be meticulous. And oftentimes it had to be on heavy bonded paper so he could hold it. Uh, and if you were going to go serve him a hot dog, you had to have a Diet Pepsi with it, and that mustard had to come straight down there. I, I, I didn't have the opportunity to do that, but I do know this, that after that hot dog was consumed, uh, he usually just ate one. German chocolate cake was going to be the next thing on the menu. I knew I liked that man. What a life. For me, yeah. I'm a I'm a hot I'm a ketchup and mustard person. I know some people are like, no, you have to do it with onions. You have to do it with relish and fully dressed the whole thing. I am just a I am a the standard Chicago ketchup dog. and mustard. You like the Chicago dog where they throw everything on it. I do too. I mean, you, why not? If you're going there, why not? Um, okay, let's look at the oh one last thing on Joey Chestnut actually real quickly. Last year, like I mentioned bad year for him given all the circumstances that was his lowest total in seven years and he still covered the spread against Jeffrey Esper who is the second shot here um to win it this year Esper's total is 50 and a half uh the year prior to last year Chestnut beat Esper by 26 and he's gone over 76 times on the women's so go ahead let's take this so I mean if you're betting this you you gotta bet the number Forget betting Chestnut to win because it seems like a foregone conclusion he's going to win, right? I guess the market would be: Would you bet Esner to 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 go over his total of 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 uh, of fifty hot dogs, whatever his total set, or because the women's field, Stormy? I did the women's odds. I mean. Sudu, she's she's what five thousand to she's yeah. minus five thousand. It's the same thing. Dan and I were talking. Producer Dan and I were talking about this a little bit earlier. Like if if Joey Chestnut is the Michael Jordan on the men's side, Mickey Sudo is the Serena Williams on the women's side. She's correct, freaking dominant. She's won every year from twenty fourteen to twenty. She missed a competition due to pregnancy. Came back <laughs> last year. Oh, <laughs> even t- I didn't know you tweeted that, Dan. Last year, that's amazing, Dan. Money. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Moneyline Miller if your rate limit is not exceeded. But yeah, Mike Sudo in the same conversation as Moneyline Miller. I gotta follow Moneyline Miller. I don't even know what is that. Wait, what? What can't we do on Twitter? I I I I go in and out on Twitter. I don't spend much time. Elon. Elon. So I don't pay for a check mark or anything like that. And so the folks that pay for check marks have like a higher limit of tweets that they're allowed to read. Normal folks have like 800 tweets that they can read or something before their quote rate limit is exceeded. Um, And I guess it wasn't working properly. The other day when the Damian Lillard trade request was coming down and I couldn't read any tweets. That's how I consume my breaking news these days is online and you couldn't get any of it. So Elon Musk just slowly ruining Twitter one day at a time. It is what it is. But back to hot dogs and more important things here, Michael. Uh, She she like I said, she she was pregnant. So she missed a year and then came back last year, bounced back and had 40 dogs. The runner up in last year's competition managed just 26 
The most she's ever put down was 48 and a half two years ago. Her prop set at 43 and a half. And according to BetMGM's betting splits, because yes, not only do we have odds, ladies and gentlemen, for the hot dog contest, we have betting splits. We have all of the info for you. Um, but 90% of the money at BetMGM is actually on the under for Mickey Sudo. And the majority of bets in handle for Joey Chestnut on the total are also to the under, Michael. So maybe people do think that the uh, elements could have an impact. Yeah, I mean, look, if you and know And they have your nothing opponent, to prove, too, right? Like, these guys have nothing something. to prove. If you know your opponent can't get 20 it, within 20 dogs of you, why would you why would you feel like you have to go stretch yourself? Like, pace yourself. Like, you know you're going to win this thing. How many more titles can you win? Like, how many well, more? That's like the competition isn't the other eaters at this point, right? The competition is just with themselves. So maybe they're on a path to beat their own records type of a thing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that, I mean, speaking of Michael Jordan, that's his thing, right? He always wants to go out and beat himself. Kobe Bryant always just wants to be better and more competitive of a version of himself. He's not going up against anybody else. So maybe that's the mentality. But like I mentioned, like they don't have anything to prove to anybody at this no. point. If you're cruising to a win, you're cruising. Yeah, I can't imagine that. You know, why would you do that? But look, I'm going to have hot dogs on tomorrow for sure. Yes, I'm just going to have one of them. Yeah, I mean, why not? I'll send you the picture of the grill when we get it going. Stormy, don't worry about that. Just making me jealous. Every opportunity you have, it's fine. You can come over anytime. Oh, I did get my little pool, though, that I was talking about yesterday for the backyard. I inflated it yesterday. Today it will get its first use, and that's how oh, I'll be spending go. my 4th of July in my backyard without get a real pool. Going. I have a child inflatable pool, so I'll live send, in the I'll dream. I'll send Dominic and the kids over. You can have them in there. <laughs> I love it, love it. We'll be right back. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 